0: Welcome back, everyone, to 10G for your success and wealth. We've all heard the expression, your past doesn't define you. If you've had failure in your past, that doesn't mean that your future is set and done. However, making adjustments is essential to not repeat the past. One of those adjusting moves is to connect yourself to the one percenters that have solved, conquered, and mastered the enigma of what is truly success and wealth. It took me some time to realize that repeating the past didn't give me a different outcome. Something had to change. And for me, first, it started with the acknowledgement that all the keys, sub-principles, and skill sets and mindsets are not mutually exclusive, and they must be taking place simultaneously. And second, I finally came to the understanding that I had to connect myself to those one percenters. In this episode, I'm going to tell you about a chapter in my life that opened my eyes to what I was doing wrong and what I did to change my future. The power that came to me from all those doors opening up by aligning myself with the 1%ers was absolutely enriching and powerful. And that's when I became immediately more successful. I'm going to tell you who they are and what they are. the one percenters. Every time I ask a group of people or a room full of people to raise their hand if they want to be successful and wealthy, every single person in that room will raise their hand. But the reality is that only 1% of those same people will actually do what it really takes to achieve that goal. We can break down the other 99% into thirds to get a much better idea. One third of those 99% are looking to leapfrog into success and wealth. Leapfrogging is different from shortcutting, as I pointed out in a previous episode. But what actually happens is that those leapfrogs always get you into a lot of trouble because you end up doing something that you shouldn't be doing and dealing with people you shouldn't be interacting with. It's quick money, but it's always dirty money. Another third are liars and con artists. They're out to steal everyone's money and ideas. They can't create anything original themselves and are ready to claim an idea or money for themselves that doesn't belong to them. They're thieves, plain and simple. The last third of people don't have any idea how to attain success and wealth. They're honest, but just simply don't know what to do. If you are in the 1% that has the fortitude to learn whatever it's necessary to attain success and wealth, this episode will sharpen your skills. If you are in the one third that doesn't know what to do, this episode will give you the skills and then sharpen them. The one thing all the 99% have in common is that they want success and wealth delivered to their front door on a silver platter for the various reasons I've pointed out. I used to be one of those 99%. I didn't have a clue what to do to change my life for the better. but. My realization that life-changing achievements and prosperity was never going to be delivered to my front door only happened after I experienced three very painful events in my life. Sometimes it takes a huge slice of humble pie to realize exactly where you are financially. I finally reached that point when reality slammed it right into my face. It took those three crisis episodes to become the catalyst that made me change my way of thinking. When I was 22 years old, uh, my father developed a persistent cough that was eventually diagnosed as lung cancer. And unfortunately, his medical coverage had just been completely cut at his job only a few months prior to developing that cough. After he eventually died from lung cancer, my mother had medical bills totaling in the tens of thousands of dollars. Because in the desperation of getting medical attention from my father, she unwittingly signed every single paperwork that the hospital put in front of her, including the guaranteed payment of any outstanding medical debt, which would then allow the hospital to put a lien on her house. For me, since I still lived at home at that time, success meant helping my mother pay those bills and avoiding both of us being homeless because of all that debt. It was a do or die moment, no more partying it up. I had to step up and prevent that house from being literally taken away from us and getting pushed out into the street. Both of us uh, working together, we were able to pay off every penny of those outstanding medical bills during the next year. The lesson that my mom taught me at that time was to never give up simply by setting the example for me to follow. Getting through all that and then being able to buy my first house two years later at the age of 25 was the next huge success for me. It was a simple, single-story, three-bedroom, fixer-upper, and because buying your first home can be a major hurdle, I was still very happy to have surpassed that, even though it wasn't my dream home. I was outbid by $10,000 on the previous house I was trying to buy, and that would have been my dream house. But I didn't have the money to compete with that cash buyer at that time. I have certainly had my share of ups and downs. I made money, bought my first house at the age of 25, Then got to travel around the U.S. and Europe and then wasted money on foolishness and endless parties. I was able to make and save money again and get back on my feet. I got married and started having kids. I had always dreamt of living in a two-story home with a pool and a spa in the backyard. So in 2006, my wife and I were able to successfully achieve exactly that dream. My wife and I sold the first house that I had bought when I was single made a huge profit on it, and bought a brand new dream home for 651000 in the suburbs of Los Angeles in a community where only new homes were being built. My wife and I stood in front of our brand new house. After it was built and finished looking at our dream mini mansion, we couldn't believe that we've done it. I remember my parents telling me to always have a plan B because you never see the change coming around the corner. Sure enough, it came. Again, with multitude and not for the better. Around 2008, the housing crash power punched me right between the eyes. And the Great Recession gave me an uppercut to the jaw. I literally went down on one knee. Where was my plan B? Nowhere. I'd never made one. I don't need one right now. Things are going great, I told myself. The 35% down payment that my wife and I put into our brand new house from the proceeds from the sale of our previous house was gone. My house had lost more than half its value. But it didn't end there. More bad news was coming. At my day job, because of the financial disaster that company I worked for had gotten into by acquiring another company just before the Great Recession, a total of a 15% wage reduction was being implemented to every employee nationwide. This pushed everything almost into the breaking point for me. Layoffs came soon after the wage reduction. Fortunately, because I had enough seniority, I avoided getting laid off. At the very least, that allowed my family and I to continue with our medical coverage. When you have it, you rarely use it. When it's gone, it's when you need it the most remembering back that my father's medical coverage had ended from his job just a few months before his lung cancer diagnosis. I was grateful to at least have the medical coverage for now. Well, there was still more bad news. My mother's health started to deteriorate. She was losing weight and had severe abdominal pain. After many medications that weren't working and many tests, the diagnosis was pancreatic cancer that was in advanced stage and had spread to her lungs. The real estate crash, the Great Recession, the wage reduction, my mom's illness, and now a looming personal bankruptcy all became a nightmare that I couldn't wake up from. My mother eventually passed away from the pancreatic cancer, and the funeral expenses emptied out our savings account. What else was next? What else could possibly happen? My job at that time provided me with full medical coverage for me, my wife, and our three kids. That's medical, dental, and vision for all five of us. I paid zero monthly for that coverage. I also had a retirement plan and a 401k plan. It's priceless to have all that. The salary from my job and my wife's real estate earnings and proceeds from the sale of our previous house allowed us to purchase our brand new dream home in a much nicer neighborhood for our kids to grow up in. Both my wife and I always worked very hard on our day job to make sure our kids had everything. So we sat down one day to pay our monthly bills, which included our mortgage for the house, utilities, credit cards, and then we filled up the refrigerator and pantry with food. After all that, on that one evening, we had $3 left in the bank. Not figuratively or metaphorically, literally three $1 bills left in our bank account. But we still needed gas money to get to work. It's in those scary moments that you start to think creatively. I did what I now call the Target Shuffle. The Target red card is linked to your debit card, and it gives you a small discount when you use it. Target then would take two to three days to withdraw the money from your checking account. So here I go. I drove to Target, bought some gum, and did the maximum cash back that they allowed at that time of $40. Timing was everything with this madness because my next paycheck had to be deposited into my account before the withdrawal was made. I then had $40 cash for gas, gave my wife 20 for her car and 20 for my car. We both had gas money for now. The next morning, I stopped at the gas station before heading to work. After putting gas in my car, what happened next was a bone chilling moment, and I still remember it like it was yesterday. I got back into my car, And my body froze up i was sitting there holding the steering wheel with a cold chill running through my body and i remember thinking something isn't right what's wrong here am i really poor and i just haven't realized it well i was certainly overextended financially if anything but it was something else i'd realized that i was house rich but cash poor i was medical coverage rich But cash poor. I was two retirement plans rich, but cash poor. I was food in the refrigerator rich, but cash poor. It's in those moments when your realization hits you that gets your mind racing and you finally see clearly. The lightning bolt hit me and it was all right there. It's only then that I finally understood it. And it was that this is why successful and wealthy people have multiple sources of income so that their lifestyle is never compromised and they always have cash in hand available to them. Liquidity is always in their pocket. If one source fails, they have two or three other entities still producing income for them. Most of us have our day job as our only source of income. What happens when that stops? You lose your day job for whatever reason. Usually what comes next is a financial catastrophe. According to almost every study done nationally, Some Americans have on average about $7,000 in a savings account, but the majority of Americans are really living paycheck to paycheck. If you're in the former group, you'll go through the $7,000 very quickly if you lose your only source of income. If you're in the latter group, only one word comes to mind, disaster. The Great Filter. A telescope Let's us see the stars, galaxies, and very soon planets outside of our solar system and the universe with a clear and focused view. It essentially brings what is far into a much closer and sharper focal point. Why is it that the 99% of the people that attempt to become successful and wealthy fail and only the 1% attain success and wealth? It's because of the great filter that exists that wipes out most people because of their clouded viewpoint. They can't see any further. In the current day, and have no vision beyond that. You have to see what's up ahead and how to get there. Those ninety-nine percent that are filtered out of success and wealth are basically most of the people you will meet during your lifetime. The one percenters that have figured out how to get past that great filter are the ones you have to find and connect with, like I did. So opportunities and doors will open up for you. Most people are super lazy procrastinators even when it comes to bettering their life. Everyone says they want it, but unfortunately the mass majority of them will never take the proper steps to achieve it, for all the reasons I've pointed out up to now. All it takes to get past that great filter is to decide that you will become a one-percenter. And what it takes to become a one-percenter is to self-verify yourself so that others can see you as you view yourself and you'll subconsciously act in ways that make sure others view you that way. To put it simply, you have to act as the one percenters do by having the same mindset as them. If you see yourself as successful, you'll seek out and embrace others that evaluate you as a successful person. But if you see yourself as an unsuccessful person, you'll find, attract, and embrace others that are really unsuccessful. And that's the type of people that the one percenters stay away from and block from entering their club. Appreciate the value that you will bring to the one percenters once they let you in and remind yourself that you deserve the success and wealth that will come to you by making those connections with them. As I've pointed out before, success can have a lot of meanings and everyone has a different definition of that word. For me, It was, and still is, multi-level. One of the greatest successes I've had was on December 4th, 2016, the day I quit drinking. I immediately became a more productive, focused, and healthier person. I was able to make better decisions and accomplish a lot of items on my long list of pending goals. No more procrastination. No more excuses. I'm not saying everyone has to stop drinking alcohol to become successful and wealthy, but for myself... Drinking was a hindrance, and quitting completely was the first goal I had to achieve in order to move forward. I was able to capitalize on the opportunities that came to me, and they immediately came one after another, not necessarily because I quit drinking, but because my mind was clear. The one percenters have a tacit network of like-minded individuals that are very suspicious of whom they let in. Once you get past the gatekeepers, you must maintain a high trustability factor in order to stay in their inner circle and the benefits of membership into that club will be immediate and life-changing. My life and business opportunities changed exponentially for the better when I became friends with wealthy and powerful people. In the next episode, I'm going to talk about the importance of being aware of the con artists that are always near you, ready and willing to steal everything and anything from you and how they'll do it so skillfully, you won't see it coming. If you found this content to be helpful, please like, follow, and share the channel. And if you would like to support the channel, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com forward slash 10g, exactly as it's on the logo. You can also support by visiting the merch website at 10gclothing.com. Also consider following on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and just look for the original, official, trademarked, and registered Tanji logo on all the social media to confirm. Thank you for listening with an open mind. And thank you for listening to the end. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.